0: Welcome to the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. It's August 4th, 2014 and this is episode 433. Today I'm really happy to bring you an interview with Brian Burling, the founder of Emotimo, a San Francisco-based company that makes the TB3 a 3-axis motion-controlled camera robot that allows you to capture moving time-lapse, video and stop-motion video more easily and affordably than ever before. We also have a winner for the last MVP Fine Art Print giveaway, so listen to the end after the interview to hear about that, and also I'll give you details of the next giveaway that we've just kicked off. I'd also like to do a very quick shout-out to John Hardman, Thanks for your email, John. But the reply bounced. So, if you could email again and give me a, a new address or a you know a correct address, I'll email you my reply. So for now, let's jump in and listen to my interview with Brian Burling. Welcome to the show,
1: there, Brian. Thank you very much, Martin. It's a pleasure to be on.
0: It's my pleasure, really. And so I, I've got a whole bunch of questions to ask you. Obviously, I'm aware of your technology, and I want to get straight into that. But before we do, um, could you just give us a little bit of background about yourself?
1: Um, sure. Yeah. Before I did Automo, I was uh, I, I wore a lot of different hats and different uh, different jobs. But uh, I'm a trained mechanical engineer, and I studied mechatronics, which is really what what Automo uh, is. It's uh, coupling mechanical and electrical systems together um and uh but right after school uh i I didn't do anything with that at all i jumped into uh consulting and i and i helped large companies with their finances and budgeting and forecasting and other things that paid the bills but uh, and and took me all around the world but it wasn't really my passion so uh, about uh, four years ago i stepped away and uh, i wanted to build and actually make a device and uh with my love of photography um and my background Um, and, and seeing some of the things really, the, the shots that sort of got me, uh, were, were from planet earth, uh, at the time. And there's a, there's a few scenes in there. It was just the jaw drop and like, how did they make that? And so I'm like, maybe, maybe with my background and my interests, um, I might be able to, uh, to come up with some, some devices and some, and some robots really to help, uh, to help others, um, make that too.
0: Wow. That's that's an amazing story. What what was the the type of engineering you were you're into did you say?
1: Uh, mechanical, but there's uh there's a specialty in there uh, called mechatronics, mechatronics. and it's, yeah, it's really um, I, the best way to describe it is robots um, but okay. it's a combination it's really this, this neat place we're playing in the in the industry we're combining these embedded microcontrollers with these mechanical systems and doing new things with them and so it used to be like a, a mechanical engineer was just I'm going to I'm gonna do you know, build this individual widget, and it was just all about the structure of it and the strength of it. But now it's uh, there's a lot of crossover between that and these embedded systems, and the and the really the, the guts of what a, what makes a robot work.
0: Wow, um, that you know that that word is right up there with kryptonite and bionic kits. Like, <laughs> that's <laughs> crazy. Um, that's it. really really interesting. So. Again, before we jump into more information about the the device, I just to keep continue to get more background on you. You're you're a, a hobbyist photographer as well.
1: Uh, that's where I started. Um, so I never made a uh, I never made any money off my photography selling prints. Um, I I did short films uh, for hobby, but never made any money off this. My my the way I made my money and the way I I, I spend a lot of my time was with uh, this. This sort of uh this consulting i sold my soul for a little bit of time and uh and uh and and did this big corporate stuff for a while but uh, my interests always uh were around visual and uh images and really um yeah, what drew me back to it was was just coupling images and photography um images and, and the right sound and the right audio track together it just when the when it happens correctly it just would grab me and it would just drive emotion and uh and that's maybe, maybe you can hear some of my company name in there, but uh, Emotimo <laughs> is really Emotimo, uh, Emotion, Motors, Time. Um, that's what we were going for too. So uh, hopefully okay. we've sort of the background of uh, how we got to a name on there too is um, it, it, it stems from really, um, I would say my passions rather than my professions.
0: Okay. That's incredible. So, you know, I mean, I, I do, I, Although you know, as a still photographer myself, I love to try and tell that whole story in one still, silent photograph. But there are always times when you know, like you say, you're adding a bit of the sound, the audio, and and a bit of motion really, really tells a totally different story. So, I uh, I've I've not done a lot of time lapse myself. I did a few um, night sky time lapses in Namibia last year, and I've done little bits here and there but looking at the videos uh, that do you've got posted on your web posted on your website from from your users a lot of the stuff is just absolutely out of this world
1: yeah we're amazed by it too and maybe that's where the uh, <laughs> maybe maybe i can say that is uh, we make the tools but really we're we're in awe with what our users create around this as well so
0: mm, yeah and i think it takes a a special type of person as well that you know just because you're a photographer doesn't mean you're going to be a, a good time-lapse photographer and, and vice versa. So it's, uh, you know, there's definitely a lot, a different skill set that's required there.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's, um, you know, taking a single, single image and capturing uh, that emotion, that, that feeling, um, it is a very different problem to solve. And there's a lot of crossover. I mean, the, the, the thing that's driving this and sort of how I'm, uh, really what enabled us to play in this, in this arena and bring, bring these small robots to action is the size of the camera. I mean, uh, most of our customers, if there's one camera people are shooting with, it's the 5d, whether that be the 5d Mark two or the 5d Mark three. Um, but that just the, that size and that format just revolutionized what you could do with it. And so immediately the photographer, I mean, this is old news, but it's, uh, immediately the photographer who has that, that's that the those lenses now has the ability to be a, a videographer and a filmmaker and yeah, have and yeah. do it not just in a level that looks okay that you can show to your family and friends, but in a level that, you know, you can show on an IMAX screen. So it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's the defining people as a photographer or as a filmmaker, it's, it's, it's a fun point right now where it's not one or the other. Um, you have the tools and so it's, yeah. uh, it's what you choose to do with it. Absolutely.
0: So, how how did you obviously you've got this background and you um you you wanted to create a device how did what was the actual initial impetus to actually go go ahead and actually form a con a company and you know found emotimo
1: it's uh it was a it was kind of a leap of faith jumping away from the the paying paying job to do something um and i didn't know it was going to be emotimo or that what exactly what it was going to be at the time um it was in 2010 i gave some notice to my existing company and i and and really for the next three months um i just threw a lot of ideas around and i played around i looked at the what i felt i was good at and what i had the passion in and i and i came up with a long list of things to do asked a lot of questions a lot of silly questions and and looked at the tool sets that were available to me um i'll i'll give a um a quick shout out to uh the DIY space called Tech Shop, started in San Jose, actually in Menlo Park and has locations around the US. Um, Right at that time that was coming online and they had basically this massive workshop um, that you could go and and really, like a gym membership style payment plan, you could go in and use a lot of the tools. So I was was looking at that as sort of a, um, as an accelerator as well, like what can I do with this? And with my mechanical engineering background and some machining background, that enabled me to to expand what I thought I could do beyond just, hey, let me go raise some funding or let me come up with a very small idea that I know I can do myself. It was let's stretch out and let's build a build a real product that takes some real machining, some real embedded systems engineering, some you know, what we used like fifteen or twenty different processes in there to to make the product initially. But um, that's that's sort of where we ended up six months down the line. The initial process was. Um, Trying to really define what I wanted to do, what was my perfect job, what did I think I would I would enjoy waking up and doing all the time, and um, and finding a, a company and working with passionate, driven people to create vivid imagery that that evokes emotion um, was very high on the list. And so, um, played around, built some prototypes. The first ones were made out of uh, the first Emotimo was made out of before it was called anything like that. It was made out of uh, made out of wood in my buddy's garage and. Um, and slowly I realized, I'm like, I think for about 500 bucks, um, I could build a robot that would do exactly what the, the planet earth field, um, was giving me with that, with the seasonal changes. So, and I understood the technology beneath it, uh, underneath it. And I thought so if I can draw and build out a user interface on top of that and make it the right price for these small cameras I might have something here. So, um, yeah, it wasn't uh, just my leaving and saying, oh, I'm going to build this thing and it's going to look like this. It was there's actually um, about 80 or 90 ideas that that um, in, in some form of uh, creation that are off to the side um, and maybe waiting for uh, for it for a different time in my life. But um, if this was the one that bubbled to the surface is the one that that I was really passionate about and that I thought I had the right skills to uh, to bring to market and and, and the right toolkit around me with the tech shop um emerging that i'm like this this could be something so took oh, a chance that's
0: incredible an incredible story i i love the idea of being able to just go and hide, rent space in a diy area you know where you can do all of that stuff um,
1: i will um you should check it out we've got it on our blog somewhere and uh if if anybody's interested it they're in the u.s now and i think they're going to be popping up uh, elsewhere but uh tech shop uh, dot ws is that the uh Logan, is that the, uh, the website, um, for tech shop, uh, tech shop, is- tech shop it, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll link it on up there later, but it's in the, it's in the U S right now. There's probably about 15 locations and it is really, um, uh, I think that's accelerating. There's, there's, there's a few companies that have popped out of there and, uh, right out of San Francisco. W- yep. Tech shop. for workshop. But, okay, uh, it's it is fascinating. They should be everywhere, as my opinion.
0: It's incredible. I mean, normally one of the biggest things to stopping people from doing that kind of engineering on their own is the cost of the tools. So that really, oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, that really lowers the uh, the hurdle to actually, you know, the price the price of entry.
1: It uh, it does. I mean, really, I was saying, well, I could I could spend. I mean, because I started with a certain amount of capital and I had certain ideas. How far can I take this? And my yeah. roadmap once I discovered that. Um, extended by about two years on the with the existing money i had i'm like i don't need to buy these machines or i don't need to rent space to even have the machines like Mm. you've got to put it somewhere too and these things weigh thousands of pounds like we were using some of the heavy cnc equipment but um no it's the that was definitely a a big enabler um, for us wow
0: so the device itself the tb3 tell us a little bit about it what's what's another to you i mean it's, it's your child it's like it's, uh, it's the it's this it's the specialist device in the world but um what tell us what's special about the tb3 compared to other you know similar things similar sure. devices
1: yeah i mean at its core it is a precision pan and tilt robot and it's meant for cameras and and the the way it was engineered and the way we've constructed it is is really we were focused on function rather than form, and we were focused on performance um, from the start, and we didn't realize the level of precision that you needed when we started. We were we were using the wrong gears, we were using the wrong methods to drive things. But very quickly, and you know this if you've ever picked up a laser pointer, um, and you just try to hold it steady, and you look at that dot 15-20 feet away from you, bouncing around just by the pulse of your arm, you realize that once you, and that's that's basically your eyeballs, um, and really any camera that's on a tripod. You go up and you tap the side of the tripod, and you're going to see, without optical image stabilization, how shaky the image is. Um, Contrast that with looking out the side of a window and getting some parallax of a car moving along, um, and a slider shot and you through, through some engineering, um, studies, we realized then, and we looked at some of the other DIY slider projects out there and some of the open source slider projects out there. um, we said that you can make amazing imagery with it. Let's bring, let's bring pan and tilt into the mix. But the problem of solving pan and tilt cleanly, it was, was, was harder than we thought. Um, so the thing that really makes the tb three special along the way is the precision of it. Um, and it's, it kind of goes unnoticed until you look at some of the comparable products that are even popping out now at similar price points. Um, we have precision down to, uh, greater than, um, greater than a hundredth of a degree on our pan until Mm -hmm. we're fully repeatable, which means that we can take the same shot over and over again, overlay it in post. And all these this technical functionality, what it really means to the end user is like they don't care about the precision; they don't care about it. But what it means is they can do a lot with it. We started off doing just uh, basic uh, point A, point B, time lapse shots, um, and it's like start here, and there. And even that at the time was revolutionary because um, setting up a shot and defining how you move these move this around. Um, still people come from other products and they say, well, I just want to be able to pan at five degrees a second. And they're thinking not like a director. There's no director that's going to sit down to a movie and say, ah, I'd like a five degree per second pan and maybe just add a little bit of tilt at the end and we'll shut it off when we want. It's Mm -hmm. like, no, you're framing your shots. You're defining what you want. So, We put a lot of precision in there to make it repeatable, um, and we put um, a user interface on top of it that is tremendously easy for users to pick up and understand and make compelling shots. Mm -hmm. And so I think there's a few things that make it special, Um, but really the the technology and and the mechanics underneath it, we have a very tight, um, no backlash gear train that's very precise, and then we layered on an interface over the top of it to allow users to, um, really go through and, uh, program shots cleanly.
0: Wow. So I've, I've not actually used the device. So what I'm, I'm trying to imagine here, how you, you set it up when you, when you go to set up a, a, you know, a a series of motion, do you say like point the camera here and say, okay, start here and then point it to where you want it to end and say, end here.
1: That's it. And uh, we have a wireless. I don't. I don't have one here because I. Like, uh, I was mentioning earlier. I'm, I'm packing for a big trip. I'm. I'm not, And actually, my TV3 and a couple other things have been, been shipped out to the middle of Utah where I'm going to be spending some time. But um, the uh, it's. There are some great videos on the site under our instructional videos, and the basic setup give, will give users a wonderful idea of how it's set up. The pan and tilt is easy. We have a little thumb, uh, little thumb stick that uh, you know. Just, you rock your thumb back and forth. Um, and you have just two buttons, you click one of them and it sets the start point. The, the TB3 will prompt you, move to your end point, you set the, set it the same way. Um, you're doing interval shooting here and the TB3 will actually interact with your camera and t- say, take the picture now, take the picture now, it handles the, uh, the, the triggering there. So there's a cable that attaches and you define your intervals, uh, associated with that. And then really there's just a few other simple parameters to set to give you a cinematic looking shot because, um, the really at its core and what the, what the five, uh, what the five Ds, what well, really what any digital SLR, um, is, is giving you these days is, is You are uh, a filmmaker. And so you've got to think like a filmmaker when you define these things, mm-hmm. uh, when you define these shots. And so about seven steps to be able to define this shot and very quickly, you're getting exactly what, what you wanted. Um, we can send some links out there, but on emotimo.com, um, there's learn, and then there's instructional videos and it just takes about a minute and a half to see how we program it.
0: I'll, I'll link to them in the blog post as well. So, okay. um, yeah, the, the blog will be at mvp.ac slash 433 for episode 433. But, um, yeah, the, by all means, head over to emotimo as well and, uh, and check that
1: out. i um, really the, um, uh, I would say, um, we could talk about it a lot of what it does and sort of the, the underlying um, functionality of how to program the shop. but the really the amazing thing is some of the footage we have up there mm. and uh, I shot none of it um, at this point um, like I said we're the tool maker um, all of our customers what they're doing with it is really quite phenomenal so you'll see also besides the learn how to use it videos there's um, inspiration out there and some of the some of the things people are doing is really quite compelling
0: mm. so. I agree I mean I've looked through a whole bunch of the videos uh, and it's it's pretty crazy stuff. I love what people are doing with it. So, I mean, obviously, when people go and if you go and check out those videos, you'll be able to see the sort of the way people are using it. But can you can you tell us a little bit about you know that there's obviously there's a difference between your time lapse and stop motion, for example. What sure. what can you explain the difference there?
1: Um, well, there. Really, film, um, stop motion, or, or video, uh, or time lapse, it, it all comes down to the same thing, which is we're, 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 we're taking a, a shot over time. And it's just a matter of if you're doing it at 24 frames a second on, on regular film, or if you're doing it 60 frames a second on a GoPro, um, or you're over-cranking a RED, um, or you're taking a shot every one minute, and you've got a 35-second uh, 35 second exposure that you're working through, um, so it's it's um, it really is at its core the same thing, which is frame photography, but the effect is is really quite different. Um, so starting with what most photographers understand is single shot, um, you know you, you compose your your your, your single frame, um, and then at a series of uh, of known intervals you repeat that. And Mm -hmm. if you add motion in between that, like the TB3 can, can add, um, you can get a very smooth, uh, smooth shot and a smooth sequence between, um, between these starting end points. You define it, um, very cleanly. So we call that type of photography SMS or shoot, move, shoot photography. Mm -hmm. And it really is interval based. And if you've, um, a lot of people do have intervalometers that are just, um, that are, um, uh, you just set the interval down to the second or down to the 10th of the second and your camera will clock off a picture um, every single time. It's essentially the same, same thing as that, just adding motion. Um, the other side of things and what a lot of people are starting to shoot a lot with now because beyond just time-lapse photography, um, we enable these specialized types of video effects and uh, video, um, moving video shots. And at that point, you're not triggering your camera to shoot at a single interval you are triggering you basically start the camera um and then move it in a very programmatic way and a lot of what people are doing now is they're actually taking uh, multi-pass sequences where they will go through and take a shot and then take another shot and then they can overlay those in post and that's where it starts getting fun for us is because we're doing now uh, with the tv3 what it would take a um, um used to be you know tens of thousands, sometimes million dollar rigs are moving these big cameras around in these repeatable ways and you'd only see those effects in big big movies. So there's really um, really shoot-move-shoot shoot photography or interval-based photography or these repeatable video shots are some of the big ways people are using it. The third way, which you talked about too, is stop motion, where people are actually changing. Um, you can actually connect the TV3 to a computer over USB. We don't have a lot of people using this yet. Um, but it actually works quite well, and we have a few great examples coming out. Um, but you can actually drive, um, drive the TB3 with desktop software. Um, a very good one that we, we interface perfectly with is called DragonFrame. Um, you drive all that motion, and you drive actually, you control everything by USB, uh, your camera and the, and the rig. And they will actually only take the picture when they're ready. So they're actually using um, they're using puppets and figurines, and they're moving things around, changing things around. It's it's claymation or any other type of stop motion, mm-hmm. but adding that um, adding that motion inside of it and be able to um, there's very clever things you can do if you actually take these multiple passes we were talking about before, um, and we have a we have a great um, I think we can talk about it. Um, Mauricio is. Uh, Mauricio is about to release. He's working. Uh, Mauricio is a, a gentleman that's going to release a, uh, uh, a a production called Crickets. It's one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen shot in a studio, and just the the the. I will send some links to this. So I, I can't. Uh, it's not. It's the trailer's been completed, and the post production's happening over the next uh, about three or four weeks. And they use the tv three to add motion inside of it. And the, kind of back to the the less beautiful parts about it but really what enables that to happen is the fact that the tb3 has such precision um on three axes we've talked about pan and tilt but you can also connect this thing to a slider um they can move this camera in such a precise way they can take these multiple passes go back and reshoot a frame that they missed or they need to redo and um they get these these movie quality results um without having to think about the technology um it just it just works for them
0: wow well, that, that sort of technology, I mean, you mentioned the, the price of, of what it would cost to do some of this stuff earlier. That sort of technology would have been literally tens of thousands of dollars a few years ago. How, how much is someone going to pay for the TB3? Uh,
1: the TB3 is a, uh, basically uh, $1,000, and that is the box. That is the, um, it's a three-axis controller in there, and then on top of that are the mechanics for, um, on top of that are the mechanics for um, the pan and tilt. And there's several different sliders we integrate to. Uh, we've got links on the site. Uh, we link to the dynamic receptions sliders, the stage one, the stage zero, it's a very popular open source um, slider that, uh, that started right around the same time, a little bit before we did. Uh, we actually uh, resell um, Rhino sliders as well. We integrate to, uh, We integrate to various Kessler sliders. And these are all ways you can add that third axis of motion. And so, what you get with the TB3, though, with a thousand dollars, is um, the pan and tilt movement. You can mount your camera right on top, and the ability to plug in another motor to the TB3.
0: Wow! So you know, I, I've I've seen the obviously just moving the camera is great. Adds a adds a huge extra dimension. But you don't have to move the camera on a slider very far to get quite a lot of movement in the frame, right? It's it's. It almost doesn't compare. You know, you move it by a few feet, and it seems like in camera, it seems like you're moving quite a distance.
1: It's all about uh, it's all about technique, and uh, I would say that yeah, that sliding motion you can get by. I mean, some some of these guys out here they're doing some of the big time lapses. They're they're rigging eighteen feet of rail mm. and they're they're moving it and the, and they're doing this in front of some of these massive pylons and about where I'm headed uh, out to Utah. I mean, they're out in uh, some of these these national parks where you're going to see. Um, these, these huge arches and if you if your foreground objects or your, your objects that you want to have this parallax effect on are further away You need to get some big movement, but I have uh, I have more fun with a little two-foot slider uh, throwing it over my shoulder and just finding some great foreground objects, um, you know, going through grass or going around a uh, Going going through a log. It's just you can create a lot of camera motion and a, and a, and a beautiful high quality um, uh, High production value um, shot with without too much movement Mm. Um, tracking shots are really, really quite powerful too, because, um, when we have the ability to aim the camera and really focus in on a subject matter, you can, you can start somewhere off frame and then just end up perfectly highlighting, um, a scene you want, and it could be a blade of grass, or it could be an ant going on. I'm I'm into macro photography now, so I've just I've just got a, a really fun lens that I can't stop playing with. <laughs> uh, so I think more along the small scale, but along those same lines, you can perfectly frame what you're looking for. Um, and yeah, it's it, it's it's pretty exciting because, like you said, the the not only is the equipment much less expensive um and it can be because we're, we're using it we're, we're using it with these smaller cameras uh so we don't need to have these big mechanics in a truck um truck to haul around with this so we can quickly um we have something that's inexpensive um lightweight and a single person can take it to the top of a mountain and so that's that really does open up a lot of new possibilities
0: it's liberating for sure you know, I you reminded me. I, I have a couple of good friends, uh, Dan and Dave Newcomb. They're they're up in Vancouver, and those those guys did, have done some amazing time lapse work. And I rec- I started to recall as you were talking about you know the eighteen foot sliders. They developed what they call the rail walker, which is basically you, you take it up to say the rail you know railings just in a public ah, place, and and they literally have. Cool. Yeah, they have their rail walker actually walk along public railings and things like that, and obviously you've got to, it's got to be relatively smooth and what have you. But that was that was something pretty cool that they developed.
1: Oh, I think that's really neat, um, especially. I mean. I was walking on bios uh, last weekend in San Francisco. It was great weather, and I was walking through North Beach. And they were shooting, and they were shooting some movie in San Francisco. And it was some earthquake movie because that's you know all they'll shoot in San Francisco. We're all going to shake ourselves into the ocean. <laughs> but um, it was just so boring watching them shoot this uh, with the the huge tracks, the three cameras, uh, the green screen that we're setting on up. And it was this it was a snail's pace uh, to be able to shoot this thing, and it was. Um, for me, at least, and I think probably for most photographers, um, you don't have that sort of patience. We're not, we not—we don't have a huge budget. You don't have fifty people on your on your payroll to go out and shoot in the afternoon. What What's really fascinating is to use found objects and to go out and I just go gorilla um, and go and find something interesting. Um, so when we were testing some of our rail systems and some of our new uh, new products, it's the, the really figuring out how useful it is for us. We. We throw it on our shoulder. We go out in the world, and we see what we can capture. And it's usually the compelling things that we pop out uh, that pop out from that usually aren't what we think they're going to be. And you know, putting that, you're like, hey, can I shoot on this this bumpy concrete concrete um, wall, or what would happen if I climbed on up this, or hang this from a tree? And um, I would say, I at least for me, being lightweight, being portable, it just puts me in places and gives me new ideas that I wouldn't have. Um, even if I could afford that, you know, the, the $50,000 in the truck and the crew and the, and the, and, um, uh, you know, the, the five different people who would be ruining my creative vision. So, um, <laughs> I think it's, not, I think for most people, at least the audience we're going for, um, the, the, uh, being portable, um, having an affordable piece of gear that can always be in your kit. I think that's, that's liberating for them and it, it enables them to shoot more. So.
0: Absolutely. So earlier on, you mentioned a number of cameras: the GoPro, the, obviously the Canon Five Ds, and the Reds. Um, does the TB three integrate with pretty much any camera? The you know obviously the you've got the Nikon's, and uh, how about Sony's? And uh, does it integrate with anything?
1: Um, well, I would say let's start with the digital SLRs and put those into a category. And so, all the way down the line, almost with any, any camera. We just uh, released a cable for the Sony a7R and the uh, Sony a7S, I believe. Uh, both those will work. Um, that's really the latest one, but really almost any Nikon, um, almost any Canon. Um, once we start getting into sort of the larger larger uh, video cameras and the larger, um, the heavier heavier cameras, once you start getting up there, the TV three, uh, we don't talk to those necessarily and say, take a picture now, take a picture now. Um, and really at a certain point, point, really we say eight pounds is about our limit of, uh, weight. Um, so we have a lot of customers who who are pushing way above that and they're doing some really creative stuff just because they can. Um, but I would say our sweet spot is really in that digital SLR market with really any lens. Um, and at that point, yep, it's pretty easy to, um, and you can look on our site. We've got some cable guides in there and it's, it's, Fairly convenient for people to buy the TB3, um, select one cable for their primary camera, and then I think they're they're ten or twelve bucks. Um, you can add on another cable and connect it to um, another camera.
0: Wow, let's let's do a, a three tips section. Um, can you give us three tips that will help people to get better, stu- or obviously stunning, um, <laughs> st- you know, time lapse or stop motion video? What three, Just the three tips.
1: Um, well, it's, that's sort of a loaded question, as you probably, probably know. There's no, there's no magic um, mm-hmm. magic formula that's going to make it work. But um, I would say going completely opposite of that is, is find your own style. I mean, you can emulate, and really that's how we started, um, is looking at Planet Earth saying, how did they shoot those shots? Um, and so maybe, maybe that's a good place to start is figuring out what you like. Um, and there's a ton of great guys um, out there that are, are very open. So I think it's finding your style some people um some people are all about fast cuts and you know maybe it's overplayed a little bit but they're all about dubstep kind of throwing it in there it's very in your face and those are a lot of fun as well some people are all about this the naturey super flowy uh feel to it but really it's it's um i mean we're making film so it's really you've got to find your own style but mm. the neat thing is um you, you don't have to time lapse there's certain parts where you do have to invest a lot of time and so Getting good at basic time-lapse photography before you put motion in there is a is a great is a great tip um, because adding motion isn't going to solve the problems if your exposure isn't good or if you know you your your camera's uh, buffer is filling up and and uh, you know it's 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 missing shots. Um, so getting good at um, transitioning from a photography into time-lapse it's a complete art um, and there's a ton of great resources out there on what exposure should i use how should i be triggering um the lenses for astro if you want to go that route it's there's there's so many facets and so many different things or so many different ways you could play um find one or two of those investigate those the forums are going to tell you a ton so i would say research is a big one um as well and then second tip i'd tell you is um just play uh it is so easy to go out and try something new with this stuff Here's the maybe this is the third tip or it should be the second tip, but don't be afraid you're going to wear out your shutter. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, there's my is my 150,000 um, picture rated shutter or my 200,000 k or 200 k rated shutter, and it's like, ah, oh, I don't want to go and waste time with that. Um, I don't know a lot of people who have broken down shutters, and you know, it's it's go out and play and shoot a lot, get good at your uh, your post processing workflow. And just just experiment because it's the only way you're going to really find what you like. Um, and then, uh, yeah, I, I'm trying to think of. Um, I would say ask a lot of questions of the people who, whose style you like. It's mm-hmm. a uh, there's everyone's really friendly in this space. And maybe back to finding my dream job, it's um, you know being outside of a stodgy conference room and, and fluorescent lighting. You know, you get to go out in the field and you get to explore and, and be in nature and and the people that associate themselves with this art um, are pretty cool people. So they're friendly. They'll give you some tips. They might not tell you all the little tweaks of their post-production workflow um, if they don't know you, but uh, you can find them on Google+, you can find them on Twitter, and uh, we've got a ton of great ones that are uh, that shoot with the Motimo product that are always giving me tips. Like I said, I, my, um, my uh, the, the time lapses and the videos I make I think, pale in comparison to some of our, our professional shooters. So uh, I'm asking for tips as well, and they're just telling me what's wrong with the tool, and we help feed them. So it's a good circular process. Um, that's great. It was fun to learn.
0: Excellent. Well, that, that's brilliant. Thanks very much. So we, we talked about the pricing. Um, where can people actually go and buy a TB3?
1: Uh, Well, we'd love it if you come out to emotimo.com and buy directly from us. Obviously, when we sell it, uh, we make a little bit more. It goes back into our R&D budget, and we like that a lot. But if you want to buy from a uh, bigger distributor, uh, you can buy from Adorama. They've got product in stock. Um, Also on Amazon, uh, we've got them uh, them up there. Um, Overseas, we have a couple distributors that we've got links on our website to, but uh, I'll give them some quick shout-outs. In Germany, we have uh, Camera our kids of all ages out there. Um, we can give some links to these and then we have, um, Elijah visuals in the Netherlands that, uh, that have regular stock of our product. And so if you're close by there, it's really easy to pick up out in Australia. We have a distributor, um, for, uh, cornerstone solutions or photo Sentinel. Um, both of those have, uh, have product and, uh, I think a couple brick and mortar shops out in, uh, in Melbourne as well. So, um, easy to find. We ship direct all over the world too, if, uh, anybody's out of stock, but, um, Pretty easy to start with us, and then uh, and uh, stateside it's easy. Um, but there's probably a few distributors that have it, uh, or a few resellers that have it closer than uh, than we do.
0: Okay, excellent stuff. So you've got a you've got something special coming up in August, and uh, this obviously we're talking at the end of July here. This is going to go into my podcast feed on probably August fourth. You've got something special coming up in August.
1: We've got a contest coming up as well, um, and actually a giveaway, a TV3 giveaway that we're going to be doing. So um, that um, if you log on into, if you check out our Emotimo site very quickly, we're going to have a landing page describing a, a giveaway contest. And so um, if, you, uh, if TV3 is out of reach right now, or you just wanted to throw your hat in the ring, uh, we're doing a we're doing a little uh, a giveaway um, throughout August as well. That's easy to sign up for.
0: That's excellent. So how can people get hold of you? You know, obviously, we've got your website. Um, how about socially? How can people find you?
1: Uh, Facebook and Twitter are big ones right here. Uh, we're growing up on, uh, on Google Hangouts right here, but uh, we're, we're, still, we're a small company, so we're, we're kind of uh, dividing and conquering. But um, Facebook is a big one, and there's just a ton of content out there by our users. So uh, facebook.com slash emotimo. Um, uh, we have the emotimo Twitter account as well, and you'll see, uh, you'll see links and some content up there. Um, that's a good place to grab a hold of us socially. Uh, Instagram is growing up as well. Um, the, the, the E-M-O-T-I-M-O um, is our Instagram account there. So uh, it's pretty easy to find us there. And uh, we're friendly people. We've got just a small group of folks. So we love to hear from you if you've got some questions and uh, you can send us in emails as well. And uh, people call us all the time too. So we like to hear from you and we love uh, selling products and uh, supporting products for our, uh, our passionate user base. Excellent.
0: Well, I'll I'll put links to everything into the into the blog post with, for this as well. But um, it's been a lot of fun speaking today, Brian. We've uh, I've learned a lot about the TB3 and and you guys. So you know, good luck with the future, and I, I look forward to seeing what else is going to be coming along from your you know as you build out your product range.
1: Oh, well, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. And uh, yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time uh, to uh, to chat
0: okay not at all okay
1: sounds good (laughs) (laughs) have a good
0: one thanks a lot see you then brian bye bye that was a lot of fun so i will put a blog post together at mbp.ac slash 433 where you'll be able to go and get all of the links and i'll embed videos and some product images as well before we finish i'd like to just update you on the fine art print giveaway that we were running we have a winner for the last draw, and a 17 by 24 inch print of my Dead Flay Silhouettes image is on its way to John Dilworth in the US, so congratulations John. The next print that I'm giving away is my monumental icebergs photograph from Sierra Cove in Antarctica, which will be drawn on October 31st. So that's after I get back from my Iceland tour. To enter your name for the draw, please visit the giveaway page at mbp.ac giveaway. Thanks very much for listening today and remember that you can find me on Google+, Twitter and Facebook, etc. And links to everything that I'm up to are at martinbaileyphotography.com. so do drop by and take a look. I'll be back next week with another episode but in the meantime, you take care. And have a great week, whatever you do. Bye-bye.